and welcome to My Xbox and Me, episode 282. I am one of your hosts, MC Fixer, alongside the one and only Matt P Video. What's popping, dude? How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We're recording on a Thursday instead of a Friday, which feels better to me. But now we need to get all the way back to a Tuesday. But this Tuesday didn't really work because <laughs> there was no news. It's a it's a whole it's a whole process, all right? It's a we'll whole figure process. It out. We'll figure it out. It's a whole we'll process. What have you been up to, dude? Anything? What have I been up to? Hmm. Not a massive amount. No. I, I feel like it's it's been a bit of a slow week. Like we've got some really interesting news to chat about. Yeah. Coming up. But it's been a little bit of a slow week. Yeah, it's it's one of those weeks where I'm just this this whole week's been weird. I'm like, I just want new games. Little Nightmares Two mm. came out, but then I didn't check. I didn't play Number One. I'm watching the gameplay. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a an MC Fixer type of game. And I'm like, Do you know mm. what? All right, I'm just going to jump in the Warzone. Warzone is triggering me. We'll talk about that in what's been in your box. <laughs> it's just it's just been one of those weeks where I'm like, just give me. I want a deep. I want an MMO. I think that's where I'm at right mm. now. An MMO or a survival game. or and I think I found the game I'm going to start playing. But um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm just a bit... I'm a bit lost right now. I know what you mean. I, it does feel like a bit of a drought at the moment. And Little Nightmares 2 is, is one that came out of nowhere for me. I didn't... Like, it was totally off my radar. I didn't play the first one, like, similar to you. Yeah. Um, but editing reviews and stuff of it, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by Little Nightmares 2. I might have to see if I can get myself a copy. Yeah, I'm just not not my type of game at all. I did a preview of it when was it when the first one came out. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's got, like, the... the, the 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 setting is perfect for me. I love I love dark and horror type things, but the gameplay for me was just like, ah, oh, this isn't this isn't one for me, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Fair enough. Uh, if you didn't know what my Xbox and me is, it's our weekly Xbox podcast here on youtube.com slash mcfixer and of course all podcast services. You can head over to patreon.com slash mcfixer to get the show early amongst, amongst a bunch of other goodies. Just put out a Patreon exclusive episode of Fix and Friends. If you don't know what that is, that's uh, mine and Haley's podcast where we talk about just life, really, if we're being honest with you. It's a way more real conversation it's like this this week's episode was more about uh our 10 year anniversary which was nice talking about like what it's like to be in a relationship for as long as we have because again it's weird we're young still in the grand scheme of things we're young Mm -hmm. but to be with someone for for a decade is very very interesting that and then we talk a bit about uh depression so yeah it's uh definitely worth watching if you can afford it five dollars over on patreon go and check out it out uh do not for, do not forget to subscribe to the youtube channel youtube.com slash my xbox and me we are just shy of 1100 subscribers and the channel is now officially monetized we did it shout out to every single person out there that helped put the playlist on helped us get the watch time up appreciate each and every one of you so yes now there will be ads run on this channel don't use ad block don't use that block. All right. Everyone calm down. Don't use that block. Don't be that this, guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Let's give a shout out to our Patreon producers. Big shout out to Erringard, FNH Paul, and Al Tribesman. Topic of the show this week. E3 is dead. Hasn't it always been? Has, no, well, not, no, hasn't it always no, been dead? It no, hasn't. But no. it's been a long time coming. Is this it's, the final nail in the coffin? Maybe, so, but I'm sure so, we'll be saying the same thing in six months' time. So I took this one from IGN. A big shout out to Adam Bankhurst writing this one. The Entertainment Software Association, ESA, has confirmed that E3 2021 will happen as a digital event. In a statement to IGN, the ESA have confirmed the return of the biggest video game conference after its cancellation in 2020 due to COVID-19. Quote, we can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021 and will soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video game community together, a spokesperson said from the ESA. We have we are having great conversations with publishers, developers and companies across the board and we look forward to sharing details about their involvement soon. End quote. Now, you hear that and you probably go, why do you think E3 is dead? That was that seems like a that seems like a weird thing to say about one tweet, which seemed pretty positive. E 3s back, right? That's that's what we all want. Have you ever been to E three, Matt? No, no. I was supposed to go. Well, well, there were conversations about me going last year, and it didn't happen, unfortunately. Obviously, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure it'll ever come back in the in the same way, like you're saying, dude. You don't for me anyway. It is 
absolutely heartbreaking to mm. see where the industry is going, number one, which is obviously people publishing their own events and yada yada. We'll get into the details of what I think about that in a second. But E3 has been a staple for the last five to six years of my life maybe seven actually as long as i've known about ign i guess so mm. seven to eight years i remember watching ign pre-shows post shows all the coverage i remember i was working at mcdonald's and had to like i was on the early shift i was watching e3 on a bus on the way home watching xbox one of the nights it was just it was everything I've always wanted it to be. And I remember just so many times, I, I'm going to go to E3. I'm going to save up enough money and go. I've never been to America. I've never... It was just one of those things. I'm like, this is going to be it. I'm going to do it. And mm. I've finally gotten myself into a position where I probably could get the credentials and maybe even get some work with some of these, with an IGN or a GameSpot or something like mm -hmm. that. Maybe those opportunities would arise. And then E3 is dead. There's, yeah. there's the reason why we say E3 is dead. A few pieces of nuggets came out, um, which was one of them was that it was going to cost you six figures to get. Yeah, there's a quote quote from the Dennis article. It. Becoming a part of E3 is also very expensive, and one of the games companies indicated that it would rather run its own digital event instead of paying the six figure sums required to join E3 2021 schedule. And yeah, that is mind blowing for a little indie developer. It's it just can't be worth it, right? It, so it then come down to they have to partner with a PlayStation and Xbox or Ubisoft and mm -hmm. EA that, to get their game even shown, which then means there's even more limited spaces out there for these little games that even have their moment to shine. E3 coming back, I, put it this way, I slagged off Summer of Games Fest. I thought Summer of Games Fest was an absolute mess, to be honest with you. There was just too much... And in some mm. moments, they were good. In some moments, they were too small. It needed to be a condensed week of, here is the information. This is what you're getting. This is what you're watching. This is what time it is. If E3 can do that and somehow convince people to pay to do that, I'll be happy. But if I was any of these companies, I wouldn't touch E3 with a pole. Like, there is... Yeah. I would be like, I'm not... Why would I pay you when I can do this myself through Twitch, YouTube, mm -hmm. wherever else? Like, they have the ability to do it. They've got studios. They've got... We've got green screens. We've got all of the technology there is that is needed. Because it's not in person. It's different when it's in person. I, yeah. I agree. In person, E3... I think still lives on. It gives people a place to to not only meet up, but it's a place to do business. It's a be a place to to um, see actual see the feedback on people's faces when they're playing the games, taking notes, things like that. But a digital event for me does absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think I think as well for for a, a more independent, smaller developer, E three. You know, everybody's going to be at E three. You know, you you might be able to invite two hundred journalists to an event. And not all of them will come because they don't know of your work, because they don't know if it's going to get the clicks on the website. But if they're already there at E3, then you've, you've kind of got them captured right in that area. And yes, they will prioritize their schedule and maybe you'll drop into that or maybe you won't. But you certainly have a higher chance of dropping into it. So yeah, an in-person event is so different to this digital event where it seems like, yeah, the strategy is let's throw as much content at, at you as we can. Um, some of it will sticks. be big stuff. Some of it will be, Exactly. And, and see what headlines we grab with it. So, for for yeah. me personally, work-wise, I love all these little shows because it's more reaction mm. content. It, then, sure. it, for me, for my for my business, but from a from a custom point of view, it's like there is so many shows that are just not good, not mm. good, and not. And again, I'm only talking from my own point of view, but not good and not the the content in such I want. Like I'll look at, I'll mm -hmm. watch some of these shows, and I'm like. I don't think there was a single game there that I personally clicked with, which mm -hmm. the staple is always, if you can get a person to watch a show and they like three things from an hour show, perfect. Like, but some of I remember a lot, like Summer Game Fest, some of them was just like, God, really? Like the, the one that comes to mind, which I was blown away by the technology, but it just was a whole load of nothing, was the epic one that they did. They built it up, and the technology, what they showed off, was amazing. But we're sitting there like, oh my god, this is a new game. This looks amazing. Look at this rock rolling down a hill. Look at this, <laughs> look at that. And then they're like, oh yeah, this is just a demo. And like, 
did we really need this? Did we need this? That like did I, yeah. I, I did like me, me and you and and we're going to talk about another piece of technology a bit later in in this week's mm. dashboard. But it's like, did we need to see this, or could we not have just seen this in play later on I, down the line? I think it was a, a difficult year for the pandemic as far as gaming goes to kick off as well, right? Because we're in that console transition. So a lot of the excitement around that is, yeah, we haven't had time to make a game, but look at this cool little thing we made and, and look at the possibility, right? And and that comes across a lot better maybe in like a dice uh, sort of setting, right? Where, you, where developers are talking to developers and bouncing ideas off each other. And E3 is very much the consumer side of that where we want to get excited for the next big thing. Not every company is ready to announce the next big thing and show it off. Um, yeah. And, and maybe if that was in person and people got hands-on with those demos, it would there would be a different totally feeling different. around it. Totally different. Um, but because of the nature of, yeah, what we're all going through at the moment and, and moving it all online, I think it's, it's, you know, it's a nail in the coffin, unfortunately. It's it's bad timing plus bad content because of the bad timing. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. So do you actually think E3 is dead? Like, do you actually think, like, after... after can E3 ever actually be dead? Because as long as it has two people supporting it they're probably going to keep going whether it be in a much smaller capacity mm. whether it be when when trade shows do come back they are going to boom because people mm-hmm. everyone who's never been to a trade show is going to go i have to go to this because i've been cooked yeah. up indoors i have not had that opportunity so i don't i don't actually think e3 is going to be dead i just think it's going to look vastly different to what yeah some of us may have assumed what e3 was like to me e3 was bigger than anything like i've been Mm -hmm. to an egx i've been to a comic-con i've done those right and those are they're big shows but they're also in the uk so they don't have like the big set pieces that you see like you go you go and play the new zelda game and zelda's looking ridiculous or halo or or gears Mm -hmm. or whatever it is like you see these big marquee like set pieces around the booths and I've never ever gone to a trade show and really been blown away by any of those yet. Where like mm. I was waiting to get to E3 and get to experience that. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it'll be interesting to see what the the big big boys do, right? What what do PlayStation do around this? What do Xbox do around it? PlayStation, obviously, we've seen them distancing distancing the there. Yeah, can't even talk. Moving away from E3 over the past couple of years, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and so we don't know what's going to happen with them this year yet, and and it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, does if they, if they do all move away from E3 because it's too expensive for what it benefits them, and, and they don't need it, they can do their own thing. Um, then does E3 become this indie showcase, right? And when it does come back to an in-person thing, it is just the place to go to find out about all these smaller games, maybe, right? Um, I don't I know. Everybody dies. else still. I think if yeah, it's that, I, I think maybe. it dies. I think because I don't maybe. think I, I'm not turn. I'm not flying over from England to America to go and go to an no. E3 full of indies. Unfortunately, like you're yeah. going there for the big spectacle, and it's interesting. You brought up a point of like who moves away. You've already seen Xbox do their own XO events, mm-hmm. so they know they can do it. They've done one in England. They've done one in Mexico. We all suspected there'll be one. There was going to be one for the Series X slash S launch this year. Uh, last year, sorry, um, in America, mm. we assumed that was going to be the case. Obviously, COVID, you can't do that sort of thing. So Xbox have already got things in the work. Like we know how to do this. We've done. Yeah, now, we've now done a live show in three in two different countries. We know how to do it in America. It's easy. Like they've got the Nokia center, um, which they, they do their big things out of anyway. It's like they're ready to go, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're already ready to go. So it just comes down to them for content. PlayStation last year. Was it last year? Or was it the year before the last the year before they pulled away? Right. If I'm not mistaken, there was that year that we missed PlayStation. Yeah. Right? Which just wasn't there. And yeah. And now you just sort of like, okay, PlayStation know how to show off their games in the way they do it. Xbox mm-hmm. have a very different method in showing off their games. That leaves Nintendo with their Nindy events plus their Directs. And then you look at Bethesda, who are now part of Xbox. So would they have their own show now? No, you wouldn't have thought so anymore. Really, because you would want... Yeah. Xbox are going to want the biggest show they can have. So it's just a, we're in just such a different place in the industry. EA have already pulled away. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's very think, no go on go. I think I think this year they they just need to keep the brand of E3 ticking over, right? Yeah. Like it's it's a difficult year. Everybody understands that. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year, where the world is as well. Like yeah. are we all vaccinated? Hopefully, my God. But 
maybe not, right? Like maybe certain people won't be able to go, certain countries still won't be able to go. It's all up in the air, right? So what happens 2022, 2023? That'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think you're right that E3 need to not rebrand, but they need to get people excited about it, right? Uh, and they need to, I think, push the big in-person event. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to E3, back to what made E3 great. You know, even in 2010, 2007, those, those sorts of years. Yeah, get real I, excitement and hype I around feel it. like it, it's going to become more like a PAX than mm. ever they may not have wanted it to be that but that's what it's going to be they're going to have their big show on the one day with which is the press event stuff which is the xbox playstation that if that's who they decide they get and then i think you're going to see more talks from influencers because they're the people that drive people into the building yeah. and stuff like that and then that's what it's going to be you're going to see a kind of funny a a easy allies a all of that but at e3 now they go we're the game space this is what we mm -hmm. do we're not we're not nerd culture and comic books and this that, and that which is kind of what pax is if i'm not mistaken that's like everything nerdy we are the games space and that's how i would try and run a free next year really but we'll see i guess i wonder what will happen with stuff like summer games fest when when we're all allowed to go back in person do they start hosting this massive e3 competitor around the same like do they try and kill e3 by doing it bigger and better i don't know It'll yeah. be really interesting to see what happens because they're going to have to, right? They're going to, well, unless they just say this was a pandemic thing, we were just trying to help out during it and now longer, it's no longer a thing. Or they Which doesn't make do sense, online, right? I don't know. That doesn't make no, sense. No, why would you give from... up that brand that you've built? No, 100%. But have um, they built anything with Summer Games Fest? Like, to you, has so. something been built? I think so. I think, uh, hmm. I don't know. Like you say, the the reaction on on last year's coverage was really mixed, right? Like there were there were hits and misses. Um, but that's kind of always the way it goes with these kind of things. I th I think people will be excited and more aware of Summer Games Fest this year than they were last year, and and that's all you can ask from an event like that. So all you can ask when you're building a brand like that, right? So I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. I'll be excited to see it. You don't like it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, let's jump into what's been in our box then. What have you been playing this week? What have I been playing this week? Um, I've been going back into Game Pass a lot, still playing a little bit of Control, which I'm very much enjoying. Is this and... your first time playing it? Yeah. Yeah, is yeah, it, yeah. Is it good? Because a lot of people like Control. For me, it's spot on. Like, this is the perfect time to be playing it as well because it's it's scratching the weird, crazy itch that the medium scratched for me. Okay, Plus. Yeah more interesting gameplay for me right yeah. like so like really interesting combat stuff going on um i'm not like i'm like you i'm dyslexic as hell so like <laughs> usually when games offer me shitloads of stuff to read yeah. i don't want to deal with any that's of that's kind of why but i've I'm, not played control honestly i'm picking up and reading everything in control uh... it's taking me ages but i'm doing it yeah um because everything is super interesting and, and really to me at least yeah. really interesting um and like it, there was a section quite early on in the game where you start picking stuff up and reading about a light switch, right? And it's like, oh, this is a weird supernatural thing. Um, and then I got to the light switch and was like, oh, I know what to do at this point. And then it starts like, because I read all the stuff, yeah. but then it's like, just in case you didn't read all the stuff, let us hold your hand through this uh. <laughs> puzzle. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was a little bit like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to read everything, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's scratching that supernatural crazy itch for me. And yeah, the gameplay is... Beautiful. Okay. Love Fair it. enough. Fair enough. And um, yeah, playing a lot of deep, deep rock galactic. Yeah, yeah. On Game yeah. Pass. Yeah. Which is hella fun. I love it. Yeah. Well, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla got a really bad rap from me, considering I got sick when it came out. Like as soon as, mm. well, I had to go in the hospital as soon as it came out. And Assassin's Creed every year for the last two years, three years, because it was a, a year in between Odyssey and origins if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. um yeah i love those two games like i i was never i wasn't an assassin's creed guy and i was super excited um for valhalla obviously being placed in england viking stuff like that is interesting this game is so good like it's so good and i'm shocked in how good it is because it literally scratches the itch of what i've always wanted which is mm -hmm. go off and do whatever the hell you want there's a story to be had here you can go and see the story. You can learn about these characters. But if you just want to be a Viking that goes through this world, 
raiding other villages and building up your own settlement that is there and that's all i've been doing at this point like i've got nearly all the the fast travel points which is why i always do in assassin's creed games i mm -hmm. go to those first and then it was like okay i got my got myself to england and i'm like oh wow this map is absolutely humongous and mm. it's not in that way of like the witcher was for me where it was very overwhelming where it was like question marks everywhere where this is mm -hmm. very much like Here's your side missions, which are like very small, condensed stories that either you're going to love them or you're going to hate them. Like, and for me, at the moment, I'm loving them. Every time I see a side character, it's very simple, but it has a very interesting story attached to it. Which, like, I just did this one where it was like this dude thought this town was cursed, so I had to learn. I had to light a bunch of um, torches for him, and it happened to just be another group of people that he thought were. A bunch of it was just this weird thing of like, oh, I could have totally just skipped that, not dealt with yeah. it, but I just stumbled upon this guy. One of the one, one of the other side missions, which I guess is kind of a spoiler. Little, this is nothing really, but it's like the dude has an axe in his head. He's like, I just had a big fight with someone. Uh, yes, I got. I, have I you seen? You see that one? Yeah, yeah and I'm yeah. like, dude, what do I do? <laughs> like, he's like, should we just go down to the pub and get a drink? And I'm like. Nah, dude, I gotta take this axe. I'm sorry, you're dead. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, my dude. But yeah, I'm just really, really loving that portion of the game. Just building up my settlement, going and getting gold when I can go get gold, and just learning about this this little community that we're building. Yeah, I, I it's really interesting that you say all that because for me it was the complete opposite. Like, uh -huh. I very much did get that Witcher three feeling, and I feel the exact same way about you about that game. Sorry um of being overwhelmed like i jumped in as soon as i got to england i was like holy shit what am i doing um <laughs> and there's too much to do and I'm, I'm all over the place and then i just mainlined the storyline okay. and got to a very specific point in that storyline where i was like now i'm hooked and it's not far into the story yeah. um but it is a big spoiler thing so i won't mention it but everybody who's played it will know exactly what i'm talking about yeah um and then I was like, oh, now I'm in. Like, now I'm excited about this. And, and I want to beeline the story so I can get to more of this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I ended up finishing that game having not touched 75% of it because 75% of it is all external Exploring. side stories. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just feel like when I do those little things and then I need to find all of the treasure around that little thing. And then I need to get the waypoint over here. I don't play it like that. It's like, uh, I don't uh, play really. it like that. I very much will. I'll go and pick up what the hell I want to pick up. And because I've learned, I learned this with the last two Assassin's Creed games, which is I can't get everything. I do not have enough mm. time in the, in the day to get everything. I'm not committed yeah. enough to get everything. So I'm just going to play it the way I want to play it. How I want my character. Who is my character? My character is this person and they love gold. So we'll go and do the gold and I'll see a side quest and I'll just go, no, I'm good. And just literally go off and do something yeah. else, which is not what I usually do in games. I'm like, clear one area, clear this area, mm -hmm. clear that. But I found with with those, they're just so big that it just becomes to a point of like, it's, just too much. it's a hindrance on my experience where I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed by it's a video game play it how the hell you want to play it like mm. and i feel like just like taking those options away from myself instead of like i could do this but i, I want to do this and then like i've been streaming it as well so like chat was like let's do a story mission i'm like you know what you're right we should do a story mission because i have just spent the last three hours just collecting gold or whatever yeah. it is so yeah it's just the Different way to play, but I'm really enjoying my time with 100%. it, nonetheless. So. It, it is interesting. It's it's learning, like you say, a different way to play and, and the way that makes you enjoy that game the most. Exactly. Um, which is a weird thing, right? Because, yeah, I think, I think as we grew up with games and it was like, you get one game maybe every three, six yep. months. Yep. You better bleed that game for everything well, it's worth. It was and Christmas now, and especially birthdays. with us, like, doing it for work. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But now, especially doing what we do and, and playing a game, getting a code for it and, and like, yeah, yeah, you've kind of just got to play it the way that you want to play it. But, but unlearning that I have to do everything is, <laughs> is hard. Yeah, that's something I'm learning in 2021, which is like, I don't have to roll credits on everything, which is, mm -hmm. is exactly what happened with Werewolf, right? Werewolf, last week we spoke about it. That would have been a game that I would have felt obliged to play no matter what, two, three years ago. But now I'm almost six years in on in this industry. I'm like, 
this isn't good. I don't need to finish this to tell you this isn't good. Like, I can have an opinion on this without... Yeah. long as I've played it, because I hate people that do the whole, this game sucks. Did you play it? Oh, no, I heard everyone else say it sucks. Like, well, you didn't yeah, exactly. play the game. Shut the hell up. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So as long as I've played it and done my due diligence to it, I feel like I... I'm warranted enough to talk about it. So the same with Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. like, I think Assassin's Creed is a fantastic game. I'm not even 10% into its story, I don't think. So mm -hmm. there, there yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and is it, you know, you talked about rolling credits, but how do you define completing a game, right? Like like the idea of completing a game. Is it rolling credits? To is me, it it's rolling credits. every single piece of gold? Like, yeah. it's just crazy, isn't it? Back so, in the day, um, it would have think... been... It, back in the day, to me, it would have been rolling credits. Like, yeah. you have to, to like, you... I think like, I would change it now for like, my Xbox and me game of the year. It used to be every game you've beaten is every game you've rolled credits on. Or if it was a Battle Royale or a sports tile, it's winning a match. So if I won a game of okay. FIFA, I beat the game. If I win a sure. Battle Royale match, I beat the game. Like You've played enough of it to know the mechanics of the game and know... Mm -hmm what the game is to talk on it comfortably enough i would i said and yeah it's just i think we're always evolving in this industry as games get bigger and bigger right it's sort of left with a with a point of view of like i don't have to beat everything to know how to talk about everything mm -hmm. yeah so. and, and i think the the sort of attitude of the mainstream will shift with game pass and, and stuff like that becoming more of a thing and people yeah. will be jumping into games and jumping straight out because it's easy to do that, especially when cloud gaming becomes a thing and you haven't even got to commit to download and hard yeah. drive space. Like it's going to be the wild west. Like people are going to be jumping in and out of stuff all the time, which I think is great yeah. because a lot of smaller games will get a lot more attention than they would have normally. Um, and people will find stuff that they never thought would be their cup of tea, but will be. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I've been playing really this week. It's Assassin's Creed. And else. Warzone. We've been playing Warzone together. Oh, yeah. And I've been I... carrying you, and it's been embarrassing for you. Are we really going to do this? Do you want to do this in front of the whole audience? Are you sure you want to do this? You carried me one match. One match, <laughs> you got eight kills. One. One match. <clears throat> and we still didn't get a win. And as soon as you both left, as soon as you all left, I got a solo win. So, well, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm proud I'm of you. See, this is how I know you're a supportive guy. How are you going to say I'm, I'm ready to bag on you? And it was like, I'm proud of you. I'm like, no, hate me. <laughs> Come back at me. How dare you be so nice? No, uh, but, um, but I've genuinely had a blast playing Warzone. And and um, yeah, like I say, I, I played a bit of it at launch and then dropped it. And this is the first time I've jumped back in yeah. with you guys. And yeah, having a, a crew of people that you get on with that you can have a laugh with while you're playing much it makes better, right? so much of a different. Yeah. I don't think I'd be having fun if I was in solos. Oh, dude, um, I hate solos. That's why I've, I get triggered too, uh, too much nowadays with it. Yeah. I'm just like, when I play solos, I'm just like, this is not fun. And then as soon as anyone's like, can I jump in? I'm like, yes, please, get in here. <laughs> please, let's, please uh, let's play. Like, I just, I'd much rather play with people, whether it be solo, uh, whether it be duos or trios or quads, mm. like just jump in with a bunch of friends, try and get the best out of the experience you can. And then if you don't win, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Chat makes yeah. a load of points anyway, because we're now using predictions, exactly. which, which exactly. hurts. Which hurts. It hurts. No <laughs> one's trusting us. No one, ever. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones who are rich. So what are you going to do? Exactly. What are you do? Exactly. Uh, let's jump into this week's dashboard, shall we? Uh, and the first story we're going to talk about is uh, a little thing named MetaHuman. You ever heard of it? I have indeed. I saw the video <laughs> today and it's creepy and amazing. It's weird, and horrifying. Right? And so yeah. Epic Epic Games new MetaHumans creation helps devs create characters. So for those who don't know what this is, it is a character creation tool for developers and it looks absolutely ridiculous in how mm -hmm. how quality character models can look and we are just touching the surface with this sort of thing it's like it's really interesting to see where epic is actually going in terms of like we think of them very much as the fortnite company right and we talk, spoke about that tech demo they did at summer games festival last year and then they come out with this and i saw a video of someone who had mapped their face to it so they could look left and it did all the facial animation animations and i was just like wow this is this is ridiculous. So what creeps you out by it? <laughs> it, it just that it is so good. Like, yeah. like I think, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, we see more and more now as well, 
like smaller companies coming out doing incredible stuff in visual effects. Like, I don't know if you saw, there was a, uh, this company called Corridor who have like a YouTube channel and stuff. And they, um, Ooh, mm, spoilers for the Mandalorian. Can we, can I do that? I generally don't mm. care, but I'm sure there's someone on their history. Who's gonna, I, five, four, three, two, one. You had enough time to click off. Go on. Go on. Luke Skywalker shows up at the end of Mandalorian and it's okay. young Mark Hamill and Disney did their whole, you know, we're going to youngify this person into this role. Um, and then Corridor, who's just a little YouTube, well, not a little YouTube channel, they're a pretty big YouTube channel, but they went and did their own version of it using deep fakes. And I would say their version is better than Disney's. And this is like a five person team with okay. a YouTube channel versus Disney. And wow. so like the stuff we are seeing coming out Mandalorian spoilers done. The stuff we're seeing smaller <laughs> companies, <laughs> the stuff we're seeing smaller companies be able to achieve in, in visual effects space is incredible. It like absolutely insane. The stuff that one person can do on their computer now. And um, it's only going to get easier and easier and easier. And if these tools are as easy as they're making out, I'm it sure looks, it looks quite. really easy. You're it right. Looks super easy. Yeah, I agree. They never you. are quite as easy as they make out, right? Yeah. But eventually they will be if in 10 years time anybody will be able to do this in their on their you know old computer in their bedroom and then indie developers are going to be able to make even more incredible games and tell their stories with even more fatality and and i cannot wait to see where we're going to be in even two or three years time with this technology but then let alone 10 years time with whatever the next 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 version of this is the thing that really impressed me two things were uh, skin skin tone um like mm. actually seeing the skin in some of these characters and eyes because to me mm. it's the eyes that always give away a game and um looking at these eyes they don't look dead even just looking at you blank staringly in the face it doesn't look like a dead eye like it does in most video games i would say that's where i'm always taken out of the moment if i look into a character's eyes i'm like oh yeah you're just a computer i can very much yeah. tell you're just a computer uh code when i look at you but um that and skin for me in this demo they showed off was really amazing hairs obviously got into a place where it, it looks ridiculous the one bad thing about this and i'm a fine one to talk but is the teeth in this is the only thing i saw someone smile and i was like oh yeah they don't look like real teeth like mm. they don't look like real teeth they look very much like computer game teeth but we're gonna sure. get we're gonna get there we're so close it's scary one of the like sort of cynical parts of my brain for this though is saying like it, we're seeing character models in front of a gray background and can this realistically translate to a full game like like how big are these files how much of this could you put on to a disc you know hopefully we're not going to be printing discs for too much longer for games but yeah but like how realistic is this level of fidelity in a game that we're playing right now probably not right like it's a fair it's a fair it's a fair point i think the the thing for me is is the hope that it isn't too far away we did just buy a new playstations and xboxes and mm -hmm. kind of we're kind of i i am still kind of sat there waiting for the next gen feel like load times and ssds and stuff like that aside like that's all well and good but there's not been a single game that i've played I don't think. No, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Like, look at these character models compared to the medium, like already. Yeah. Which don't, and I agree with you. How easy does that translate over? Probably not. And probably it's probably not. I don't make video games. I'm just an idiot that talks about them. But if they could get half this, if this was half this quality, like the medium to me was such a letdown in its characters in terms of the look of them. It just didn't work for me. Um, mm. That I hope that we can get any sort of. Um, this metahuman tools in a in our yeah. video games that would be fantastic to me i would love to see it even if it was just a small part of the game like imagine la noir mm. like as la noir is yeah but then as soon as you went into those interrogation modes it kind of cut into this maybe a different engine right and and you had this level of fidelity and maybe you don't have that all the way through the game but for no, the parts yeah. where you need it you have this and and that would be incredible well la noir i i wanted to like that game but it was very much what are their emotions saying in their face? And you're like, I, I don't know. Like, I can't exactly. tell. 100% agree with you. 100% <laughs> agree with you. But, but this is kind of the promise of that, right? Like, you could definitely imagine it working a lot better. And, and you know, how well you can actually read another human being, it varies day to day, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I would love to see something like that applied to this. Okay. 
Fair enough. Uh, moving on. Zenimax is creating a new company um, called The Vault to complete the Zenimax. Uh, sorry, Microsoft is to complete the Zenimax deal to go through. Mm. Uh, legal documents have indicate that Microsoft uh, is going to create a wholly new subsidiary called Vault to complete its Zenimax acquisition deal it's not clear if Zenimax will be known as the vault after the deal closes um and we also know that uh, europe are still uh waiting to approve on this this was just a weird businessy thing that i thought we'd talk about mm. evil or at least bring up anyway which is like the ways of getting buying a company is so weird to me it's like hi i'm yeah. microsoft i want to buy this company uh you're too big, okay? We're going to create something separate from us, and they're going to buy this company. It's like, what? Why? How does that make sense? Like, yeah. just weird. What, just one super of the, weird. One of the interesting things that gets speculated on later on in this article is, is whether or not they're doing this to kind of distance themselves a little bit from Microsoft. Microsoft will still own Zenimax, but whether or not this allows them to put games within the vault that then go across different platforms, and that's not Microsoft hindering Microsoft Studios in any way or their exclusivity, um, which I thought was a really interesting, you know, it's all speculation. Yeah. We have no idea how these things work at these giant corporations. Um, but it's kind of similar to sort of when Disney bought Fox and then they keep a lot of the X-rated stuff in the Fox brand because they yep. don't want that in the Disney brand. Yeah. It's like a really interesting way of doing things. And um, I think it's probably what's happening here. I hope and They not. kind of reference the, uh, really? Yeah, because I don't, I, I'm still of the mind. I don't think this is what's going to happen. Well, what I want to happen is all of these Bethesda games to become exclusive, which mm. by doing what what the speculation is of like, that means that you're definitely just setting yourself up to not put any of these games exclusive, which makes mm. sense business-wise, but I don't think it makes sense br like for the brand of Xbox. It makes sense for Microsoft. It doesn't make sense for Xbox. Mm -hmm. If you understand it, what I'm saying hundred percent, but it's whether or not they're really standing by this. We don't care where you play; we just care that you're playing, um, and and how fluffy that is as a sentiment, or whether it's something they're really standing by. And, and I agree with you. I think if Elder Scrolls Six comes out and it's an Xbox exclusive, that is a huge win for Xbox, yeah. and people will be furious. And people will be furious. I don't care. People are going to buy the console to buy the damn game. I couldn't get a, I agree the, with you. The, the whole furious stuff, like Twitter trends and stuff like that. They come and go within a day. Like nobody gives mm. a crap about that. If you're a, a multi-billion-dollar company, you know full well this is going to blow over in a matter of seconds for most things. And nine times out of ten, if you're angry, that means they've got an emotion out of you, right? And emotion is a good thing in business. It's very yeah. much like pro wrestling. If you remember John John Cena, he come out, he got he got yays, he got boos. As long as they are making some noise. They are in the mind. They're in your mind, which is I hate I Xbox. I can't believe they're going to force me to buy an Xbox to play the game, my favorite game of all time. Xbox are like, yes, you're going to buy this. That's all that matters, really. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, and and it, it's it's because there's no, uh, it, it's because precedent hasn't been set for it, especially when it comes to a franchise like uh, Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah. Like nobody expects Last of Us to come to Xbox. No. Um, but people expect Elder Scrolls Six to come to PlayStation. Yeah for no other reason than the previous ones have so but yeah yeah i think you're right i think if xbox can bite the bullet and say elder scroll 6 is just xbox exclusive that's that's huge that's a huge yeah. win for them whether or not Zenimax wants that is a different conversation and how how much control they have over something like that is is an interesting conversation i yeah, we don't know yeah. um and maybe that's part of the deal maybe Zenimax said again Massive speculation here. Maybe Zenimax said we're only coming over if Elder Scrolls Six and this game and that game come to PlayStation and go cross-platform. And Microsoft has said, okay, to do that, we're going to create the vault and put you in the vault, and then the vault games will go everywhere, and Microsoft games won't. Um, but again, weird business stuff that we don't fully understand, and massive speculation. <laughs> Hundred. This whole podcast is speculation. Take everything we it. say with a pinch of salt. Next, Ubisoft's moving away from Triple A question mark no uh ubisoft doesn't want to be reliant upon double triple a games uh releases this one was written by rebecca valentine over at ign as it has in the past and will instead looked more closely at its free-to-play games and its back catalog to make more money in an earnings call today following the company's q3 results the publisher said that it plans for physical 2020 um 
the period between April 21st and March 2022. Um, sorry, that was April 2021 to March 2022. Includes free AAA releases, but the future of Ubisoft doesn't want AAA games to be the focus of its business, business model. Quote, We said for a number of years that our normal template to come with three or four AAA games, so we'll stick to that plan for physical 2022, said the CFO, Frederick Doug Dugant. Quote, but we see that we are progressively continuing moving from that model that used to be only focused on AAA releases to a model where we have a combination of strong releases from AAA and a strong back catalog dynamic, but also uh, complying uh, complementing our program of re new releases with free-to-play games and other premium experiences. This is a lot of nothing, but a lot of something, if I'm being mm. honest, because I very much look at Ubisoft as a AAA studio, and I don't think I can actually name you one of their free-to-play games that has moved the needle ever. They've got a lot of free-to-play mobile stuff, right? Like Visions yes. of FIFA and yep. stuff like that on mobile that, that I do Ubisoft, think make the Ubisoft money. Ubisoft don't do that as uh, EA. Sorry, I was thinking EA. Yes, you're yeah. absolutely right. But, um, but I think I think Ubisoft as well do have a lot of mobile games that, that are free-to-play and stuff, and maybe that's what they're talking about here. I was much more excited about the headline than I was about the story. Yeah. Um, because the headline read to me, oh, we're going to start doing some cooler little indie stuff and take some more chances and do new IPs and, and take risks. Nope. Uh, but that's not what this is at all, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and so, yeah, like, yeah, they just want to make money at the end of the day, don't they? And, and that's fine, I guess. Um, but yeah, like you say, there's not any really concrete examples of successful what we would think of as, as free-to-play games uh, that we can think of. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, which think... Battle Royale are they going to create next? <laughs> you know, that's the, that is the facts. That yeah, is exactly. the facts. It's what... I'm trying to think about their back catalogue as well, though. And I'm like, what do they really have in their back catalogue that is well-beloved Splinter Cell? Splinter what Cell? else? Like but they ain't touching Splinter Cell, they would not. I think they will touch Splinter Cell at some point, and I suppose we can. This is a perfect time to bring in sure. uh, Prince of Persia: The Sand of Times remake has been delayed again, um, and I think this is the reason I bring that up is like that's a game that some people think is fantastic. Some people absolutely love Prince of Persia: Sand of Time, right? The remake look all, looked awful. Like mm. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. There's nothing. I don't mean to be mean about it, but when I saw that remake, I was so let down because mm -hmm. I'm coming off of Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remake. Like, and then you see this and I'm like, this doesn't even look like a AAA game. Like, what is this? So I'm glad it got delayed, number one. But then I look at Ubisoft's catalog and I'm like, I just don't know. I just don't know what, what, is what is that they're talking about for in years to come because this is obviously a play for next year as well I'm just, i just don't see it yeah it'll be interesting like yeah i'm looking at their their previous releases now they've got boggle uh <laughs> battleship battle of heroes these are all kind of uh mobile games that i'm guessing are free to play although i don't know boggle's um, on xbox yeah i just bought boggle oh there we go then yeah um yeah the the the, the, the thing i was hoping for from this was like Stuff like Child of Light, which I loved Child of Light when that yeah. came out. Um, but obviously that's that's not what's happening here. But yeah, like you say, uh, you know, I think they do a few like mobile Assassin's Creed games as well that are free to play, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think you're um, right. And I think, I think if, you know, this doesn't say a lot other than we're going to carry on what we're doing and try and make more money by making potentially more product yeah. um, that's easier to make that, that I think will fall under that free play banner. Um We'll give, see. Me another, give me we'll another see. South Park game. Sorry? Give me another South Park game. South Park games are brilliant. Both of the games and, are uh, fantastic. Although, again, they did do a free-to-play mobile version of it, right? They did. And I That's never true. played that. So I, No, I didn't play that either. Because, again... So, I think, yeah, they... they, they I don't think when, when we see free-to-play, we think Apex, we think, you know, Warzone. But uh, yeah. I don't think that's what they mean when they say that. No. In, I, this, in this context. I totally agree totally agree but you're absolutely right about sands of time that was a huge disappointment for me when that trailer came out i was so excited and then watched that trailer and i was like Ew. Yeah. um yeah take the time you need um, maybe they heard that from the audience right i think probably and, and now they've delayed it indefinitely there's no solid release date on it yeah um 
I would almost I I don't know that I need a Prince of Persia remake. I would almost rather them just come out with a new Prince of Persia game that is a, that is a new take on it and and see where we end up. With to it. me, but, um, to me, the way that it was spoken about, it didn't feel like it needed a remake. It needed a reboot. It needed to mm-hmm. be a new Prince of Persia. A mm-hmm. brand new Prince of Persia, telling us the story again. People like myself who have heard how fantastic these games are get to jump into the series for the first time. But the remake, I was just like, this is not where it's at for me. No, thank it you. I've rough. got no, yeah. no interest in this at all, to be honest with you. Next up, WB Games' Nemesis system has now been patented, uh, which has now been approved uh, after multiple attempts. So... For those who don't know what the Nemesis system is, if you've never played a Shadow of War, uh, sorry, Shadow of Mordor game or Shadow of War, um, it's this really interesting system where the characters you come up against remember you through the like the NPC, the, the enemies and stuff that you come up against will remember you um, within the game, and they also level up and become commanders and things like that. It's mm-hmm. one of the best systems I've ever played in a video game to date. And it, it, it really was always confusing to me of why nobody else had tried it in any of their games. Mm-hmm. Video games are the one industry where you see people go, oh, that's a great concept. Let me try that. And it was always strange to me to see that this was never tried in the last five years, I guess. Yeah. And we kind of get a reason into why now, because obviously WB were trying to pattern it, which is also mm. one of the hardest things to do in business. No matter what business you're in, getting a pattern put through, whether it be on clothes or anything, I've never actually heard about it in games, ever. So this yeah, is humongous news. Huma- and a lot of people I saw online were very upset by this, because it is, it's a it's a such a great tool and such a gate I won't even call it a gimmick because it's so well done that it it just Mm. feels very natural in these games that we always speculated that, oh, maybe it'll be in one of the Batman games. And and that was like, oh, you're going to come up against a goon that runs away and then he becomes a lieutenant. And then you have that whole story built into the game, which isn't even a story. It's just the way the mechanics work within it is so fun and, and different to anything else that... I'm guessing now we will see that in some of WB's new games, I'd assume. Could it be in the Harry Potter game? How would it work in the Harry Potter game? I have no idea. I have no idea. I just want to see it in more stuff because you're absolutely right. When it first got announced, everybody was saying, this is genius. Want to see it in Batman. Want to see it in XYZ. And it never came anywhere. And and I guess it makes sense, right? If you were a developer thinking about putting this into your game, you looked into it and went, oh, they're trying to patent it. We can yeah. potentially release the game within the next year and I then have to sued. set the game down because we've <laughs> broken patent law. Like, it yeah. could get really messy. But yeah, it absolutely surprised me that they were able to pull this off and get the patent because, to me, there's no difference between them patenting this and PUBG Patent- patenting Battle Royale. Well, actually, a little bit different because PUBG weren't the first to do it. But yeah, whoever no, I was get, the first I get to do Battle Royale. And, yeah. and then Fortnite would have been screwed and, and all these things would not have come to fruition. Warzone and Fortnite, two of the biggest games of the past five years, would never have happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm I'm a little bit upset that they've managed to pull off this patent and, and we're not going to see this system used elsewhere because it is brilliant. Yeah. And I've been surprised all this time that it hasn't been used elsewhere. Obviously, now it makes sense. But, yeah, it is one of the the most interesting, unique, and well-pulled-off game mechanics that has come out in the past 10 years, probably. Yeah, I'm with... I, you are you hit the nail on the head there. The last 10 years, definitely. It was... Mm. I was hoping that Watch Dogs Legion, the whole... Beginning in any NPC was going to be, like, the next big thing. And it yeah. just, for me, doesn't work. It just... You need... Being anyone then means you're not special anymore. And those characters just don't it just doesn't work. Where like this, mm-hmm. you're right. This 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 mechanic was very, very different and yeah, amazing. But yeah, I am I'm a little bit upset by it from a from a gamer's perspective, because I would love to have seen this everywhere in games that wanted to utilize it. But in the same breath, the businessman in me goes, yeah, smart move, WB. And congratulations in a way. Like, you invented something, your team invented something, and the fact that you're protecting it, I understand the the, the perception, the 
perspective in which you've you've done that so congrats to them for that in that way it's an interesting move as well though where where it, it kind of came out just before battle royale really took off but everybody went down the battle royale route mm-hmm. i wonder if we'd seen kind of more of a push towards single player focused games because it doesn't work in a multiplayer setting right no. like well um, maybe you could get it to work somehow somebody smarter you- than me could maybe get it to work in a multiplayer setting but Everybody I don't think it would hit online. the same. I don't think it would hit the same yeah. in a multiplayer right. game the way it does in a single player game. But but because everybody moved online and pushed this free to play online focus, kind of left this single player really interesting story device and, and gameplay mechanic on its own and, and people weren't paying maybe as much attention to it as if it had come out twenty years ago and the internet wasn't as well sort of established yeah. and online gaming wasn't as well established. Um who knows what would have happened? Exactly, exactly. Let, let me tell you about something that did happen, though. Uh, CD <gasps> Projekt Red suffers a cyber attack. Uh, the Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 source code has been stolen. Uh, this will come out on Twitter. Uh, if you want to read CD Projekt Red's um, important notice, you can. The long and short end of it, though, is uh, someone hacked into their system and stole their short their uh, source code for a couple of games. They then left a ransom note, which was just the weird, scummiest, horrible thing. They used Notepad as well. Like Jesus, at least a full word, you scumbags. <laughs> the full like, the first line of it is like, "Lol, you got pwned." Like, yeah. oh, come on, guys, if you're gonna hack a company and try and get some money out of them, don't give away that you're a twelve-year-old. A twelve-year, I think off the, the bat. <laughs> the thing, the thing that needs to be said here, obviously, again, if you want the full story on this, you can go check out IGN's article. But my thoughts on it really are: you're you're a bunch of scumbags, and whoever did this, mm-hmm. you're a scumbag. The fact that you're you're why are we trying to take down companies that have in the past been we've thought about them as the best company ever? They put out one dud and they make some mistakes. Yes. But now we're just tearing them down because of that. Like the internet's so fickle, man. I hate, I hate mm. the internet. I hate the internet like with a passion. To know that you can be loved one minute and then be cancelled the next scares the shit out of me every day. And um, to know that they're just absolute scumbags out there in this world that are just willing to like steal and lie and just be horrible, horrible human beings for no apparent reason is just awful to me. Yeah, it's just kicking them when they're down as well, right? Like, like CD Projekt Red don't need this right now, and and yeah, like you're right, they've made mistakes, um, but it, it's super unnecessary, super illegal, I'm assuming. Yep. And uh, yeah, not okay. Don't don't hack people. Don't, don't be that guy. Hack people. Uh, this is just a literal quick one, but I have to keep talking about it because I love this game so much. GTA Five has now sold over one hundred and forty million units to date crazy let that sink in for a second guys just let that sink in 140 million units what it's just 70 million people having to buy it twice I have bought it three times, problems. but that's not the point. All right. Well, there we go. Then that's not the point. That's not the point. People buying it three times. That's not the point. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Yeah, like GTA Online still blows me away. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible achievement. Can't wait to see what GTA Six looks like. Um, Do you think we get a GTA Six? Yeah, I think I think I think they'd be a fool not to capitalize on that. I, uh, whether or not. GTA, I don't think GTA Online goes away. Never. I think GTA 6 launches and GTA Online migrates in some way, right, to, to, to that. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's such a powerful property that that uh, they'd be a fool not to bring out a GTA 6 because they're going to sell 100 million copies. There's yeah. like no doubt that that game would sell 100 million copies. Well... Maybe there is a doubt, right? Because if people realize, oh, I can just keep playing GTA Online and that's the same and it's getting all this new content, why do I need GTA 6? I'm not interested in the single player aspect of it. Um, maybe they wouldn't Maybe they wouldn't get as many sales as, as I'm predicting, but I think it's an easy win, right? I mean, you're going to become the fastest selling game in however they spin it, right? On the market mm. inside, just because the game is so well... It's just so well designed usually gta is one of those games that gta 5 is in my top five games of all time so sure for me i think i'd agree with that for me it's i 
I can't even fathom them not making another game, but I could totally see it happening as well, where they're like, we are making so much money. Why are we mm. going to make another game? Like, we'll make another game when we're ready. Like, when we yeah. can be bothered. Like, we've also, we've got a whole generation without a new GTA game. Yeah, and that's crazy, actually, isn't it? Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Especially in when when I was a kid growing up or a uh, teen, we had, like, the PSP games, the PS2 mm. games. Then, obviously, you go. I went to 360 and you had GTA 4, GTA 5, yeah? And then we get to the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X and we're just like... We're still playing GTA 5. Still. Still just yeah. playing GTA 5. Like, crazy. I, w- I crazy. wonder if there are conversations that, that say, like, we can't... You, I don't think they can hit the level with GTA 6 that potentially they would need to hit. Like, like can they make it bigger than Los Santos? Can they introduce all these new aspects that make it as interesting at launch? Like, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind, after five, six years, just like GTA Online they can build up that content to be something incredible. But are they shooting themselves in the foot by saying, here is GTA 6, and it's not going to please everybody, no matter what they do. True. So maybe they just don't. Maybe they just keep iterating on GTA Online. Oh, that hurts my heart, but you could be right. Um, Last story. Last story this week. Anthem. A, pod- a game I've said on this podcast I will not talk about. I've said it so many times, but it just keeps on coming back. Anthem's next future depends on EA upcoming internal review. So the the long and the short and long of this is EA are going to make a decision on whether Anthem is going to keep being worked on, and we finally get to see whatever it is they've been working on. Or if the game is just going to be canned and what you see of Anthem is what you are going to stay with. What do you reckon? Do you think it's, it's, EA, it's, uh, don't, don't do this to me. Don't. It's going to hurt. Don't say it. It's like the old uh, emperor in the Colosseum, right? Like giving the thumbs <laughs> up or thumbs down and <laughs> execute it or not. Um, yeah, I think if my, my brain says there's no way that they go forward with this and it's execution time. Um which which I think is upsetting. I think, you know, like a few weeks ago we chatted, I put like my first hour into Anthem a few weeks ago yeah. and really enjoyed the gameplay of it and I'd, I'd see the potential there. Um, but it was just panned from the off and, and got such a rough start. People aren't going back to it. It can't keep a player base. I'm and waiting so- for the 2.0, 1.0, 1. 1.5. I'm waiting for this announcement. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for their E3 of... Here is the next edition of Anthem in terms of like, you've already bought the game. Here's the free update and this is what you can do. And here's the new strongholds and here's the gear system. It's been fixed and here's this and here's that. You know all the stuff they said they were going to do? I want all that. (laughs) Where is it? (laughs) I think there'll be a struggle as well where they say, this is resource intensive to to completely overhaul this. It's it's a lot of people's time and a lot of money, therefore. And... It's on Game Pass, so we're not going to get any direct new, necessarily, money from it. They're not going to get much new money from it, right? People yeah. who already own it and people on Game Pass are the ones who are going to jump back in. Sorry? Microtransactions, if they're any good. Yeah. The game has yeah. microtransactions. They just weren't good. The game wasn't good, people, so people didn't buy it. People are so sour on it, though. Like If they come out and it's microtransaction heavy, it, that's just another... Kicking, kicking kicking the, the balls yep, do you know yep. what i mean like like they almost can't go down that route I, I just don't see a business sense where they look at this and say this is worth time and money to do um i think it's i think it's time up ah it hurts. I, I would love to be proven wrong i would love to be wrong <laughs> we'll find out in a week <laughs> uh, subscribe so you can listen next week then i can Bloat that I was right. Oh, man. Uh, Games with Gold this week. Uh, you have uh, this month, sorry. Gears 5, February 1st to February 28th. You've played Gears 5, right? I've started Gears 5. I hate you. Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil February 1st to February 28th. You've played Resident Evil, right? Uh, yes. You've beat Resident yes, Evil, yes, right? Yes, I've beat Resident Evil. I've right, beat Resident cool. Evil. I, never, I never played the original Resident Evil 2. I only ever played the remake. That's, 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 that's a travesty, but it's fine. It's fine. 
It's fine. I'll allow yeah. it. I'll allow it. Uh, Dandara, Trials of the Fear edition, February 16th to Fe- uh, March 15th. India Jones, Emperor's Tomb, February 1st to February 15th. And Lost Planet 2, February 16th to February 28th. Let's plug, plug, plug and get ourselves out of here. We got to plug this week. Follow me on Twitter at MattPVideo. And uh, that's about it, really. Keep up to date with everything I do on there. Also, uh, head over to twitch.tv slash mcfixer and watch me carry him in warzone what what is it with all of my co-hosts promoting me on the plug 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 this is your oh, moment to plug like you plug. also a, it's also a plug for me nah, nah you're know, never gonna carry to, when fixer dies you can watch my mlg <laughs> pro level gameplay okay yeah, okay we'll be waiting we'll be waiting uh i'm working on a few projects right now um uh, nothing i can put in fully um fully out there yet new podcast coming soon just working on trying to get a producer for it uh we've got a couple of new shows the my xbox and me audience will care about um this week's dashboard obviously i'm trying to bring that back i've got some assets made for that now um so that's i'm just trying to it's really hard to try and get everything put together and figure out how you want it to look so mm-hmm. that's kind of what i'm working on right now so as much as there might not be much output right now I'm doing a lot of stuff. So uh, you can follow me everywhere at MC Fixer if you want to keep up to date with me. And yeah, keep being amazing. Thank you to the loyal listeners each and every week. I do appreciate you. Crash is not gone for those who are worried. Crash is just busy. Crash couldn't make it this week. I did ask. He just couldn't do it. He's sanding floors. So uh, don't worry. Crash isn't, Crash isn't gone. He's being a real adult. <laughs> Matt, hasn't, uh, Matt hasn't replaced Crash. Crash hasn't been sacked. You're all, you're all good there, everybody. Because I know I had a, there was a comment last week on uh, the YouTube. He's like, is Crash gone? I'm like, no, no, Crash isn't gone. I promise. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just bear with us. Crash will be back as soon as he can. Uh, until next week, we will love you, leave you, and see you all later. Goodbyes. Bye-bye.